This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, before we wrap up, Matt and I throw it out sometimes for you to ask us questions. You can find me on Twitter at Sal Sports. You can find him at Matt underscore Bove. Okay, here are a couple, Matt, that came our way. Actually, someone asked us a question uh, about St. John Fisher. We actually covered some of that in training camp, and we'll get more into that as we uh, go on. But here's one for you. I like this. Mark David at F. Reich Comeback, who's always asking us some questions. We appreciate that, Mark. He says, social media is a huge part of your positions. Both of you seem to, be, seem to have an upbeat and positive personality. Thank you, Mark. How do you handle some of the occasional negativity and toxicity that a sports journalist often endures online? Does it ever bring you down, Matthew? Yes, it does. I wish I had thicker skin, but I read the comments probably more than I should. And mm-hmm. sometimes people will criticize me for something or call me out for something. And I probably take it to heart more than I wish that I did. But I also do appreciate the feedback at times. Sometimes it's very cordial and I appreciate that kind of interaction. I appreciate the good ones. I appreciate the just curiosity ones where it's like, hey, why did you say this? when you could have maybe said this, or why do you feel this way when this is a counterpoint? And I'm always game for that. Sometimes people are just mean and I take it a little bit harder than I probably need to. It's a weird balancing act. Like social media is a tool that we need to utilize professionally. And I also enjoy social media. I enjoy the interaction with people. I enjoy having fun on social media, but it's not all good. Sometimes people can kind of get nasty, Sal. Yeah, I agree. And I echo a lot of what you just said. Like, I'm the same way. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're Italian. I don't know. Is that a trait that we have that, you know, we take things a little bit too personal? You talking to me? You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe that's it. But um, I've had to, I've really had to kind of morph and, and, and mature in this manner in my own way. I will say that. And I used to take it a lot harsher than I do now. It still bothers me if I see that. Nobody wants to be told you suck or whatever. But a lot of times I've realized people just want a reaction. They just want the attention. So I've kind of really allowed that negativity and toxicity to not affect me as much, but it still can because I'm a human being and you try to do your best. You try to give everybody, you know, the right information. And sometimes maybe something happens, you're wrong or you, you know, opinions are opinions. They, they can be taken all different ways and people can disagree with you. But yeah, I mean, we're all human. We don't want to be told all that kind of stuff. And I think that at the end of the day, when I see some things that really bother me, it's all a choice, right? You can choose to respond and give maybe that person what they want, or you can choose to kind of ignore it, which I do a lot more these days. Sometimes I'll actually write a tweet back and hit save in drafts. So I don't tweet it out, but I feel like I wrote and I'll just leave it there. And then after a while, I'm like, why would I do that? I don't want to send it out. I don't want to do that. Um, so I think I'm better at it these days, but I've had to learn, Matt. I've really had to kind of grow up, I think, in a lot of ways through this. 
sometimes I stir the pot more than I should. Um, and I think that's just maybe something that has come with, I don't want to say come with age, but sometimes my way of dealing with it almost internally is by making sure that I acknowledge that they said it. And then usually other people will be like, Hey man, like, why would you say that? That's really, really mean. So it's a weird balance of like, say I probably see 10 or 15 tweets every single day that I just wish I could respond to that. I can't. And it's like a weird balance of like sometimes, and it also depends on the person too. Like if somebody that I know is coming at me for something, usually I will go back. If somebody that I don't know and doesn't follow me goes at me, then I'm like, nah, it's really not worth my time. Like, I don't even know who these people are. That's right. If it's somebody who constantly comes at me, then I will stir the pot too, because I'm like, yeah. you're, you're almost looking for attention and I'm going to give it to you. And you know what? I think you're, you're like me. You can also just kill them with kindness and say something funny back to kind of shed light on them being an idiot or a jerk or whatever, but you're trying to make fun and be like, Hey, I'm going to let it roll off my back. And then some people say, why do you respond to that person? Some go, Oh, I love how you responded to that person. So, you know, it, it, everybody kind of views it differently. I will also say this, look, I mean, you know, we're both, we're both on social media a lot. It's part of our job. And look, I, I have 126,000 Twitter followers, and I don't say that to brag, but I'll tell you, I've also learned with that comes a responsibility. Like, there's a big responsibility on both of our parts to, to do things right and to put things out there, to represent the people we represent, Matt. You know, you're representing WKBW and your company, and you're representing all the people you work with, and you, you don't want to be in a position to make them look bad, and I think about that with myself sometimes. I, this is... So Joe Biscaglia was my former boss at Channel 7 and, you know, used to work at WGR with you a long time ago, Sal. And he told me something about Twitter once, and it's always kind of just stuck in the back of my head. And it was like, if you have to think about if it's worth tweeting it, you probably shouldn't do it. So sometimes it's almost like good cop or like the little angel and the little devil on your shoulder where you like got one guy saying like, oh, do it, do it. It would be funny. And you got the little angel being like, just ignore it, just ignore it. So that's always when I'm sitting there and like somebody says something really vile or something really mean to me. I want to put them on blast so bad, but I know if it crosses the line, it's not just a bad look for me, but it's also a bad look for my station. And I don't want that because at the end of the day, social media is a tool that's more important to me for work reasons and for this kind of stuff than it is for just like pure enjoyment. Matt, you and I could do an hour on this, right? Or two hours or whatever. I will ask you though, do you, what's your block list look like? Is it big? Your mute list of people? Don't put any, I don't block anybody. I really don't block anyone unless they get super personal or it's a fake account. And I don't want to see like some news coming from like a fake Adam Schefter. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to get tricked. Um, if somebody gets super personal family, super insulting, I might do it. I agree with you. I actually went unblocked. I had about 150 people blocked. I unblocked like a hundred of them about a year and a half, two years ago. I don't want to give somebody the vindication of getting blocked by me because then I don't almost feel like they think that they won, but mute is a completely different <laughs> ball game. I've got so many people muted and I've even got people who I follow muted, but it's just like, I know that me too. You know that I, follow you. I want to acknowledge that I'm following you, but I also just don't want to see what you're posting. So I'm just going to kind of mute you and just put you in the corner there. So my yeah. mute list along my block list is maybe just a couple people. I'm the same way. And then the same people tweet you like all this crazy stuff. And then you, you kind of ignore them. And I want them to know, like, I'm not giving them a satisfaction. And I might, every once in a while, I might see someone I've muted and something, and I'll actually respond and say, 
you've been tweeting me like a hundred times over this month about it. And do you not know that you're screaming into a black hole because I do not even read it. I don't even see what you're tweeting at me, which is kind of funny. And to wrap up this part of it, and thanks again for the, for the tweet on this, just to put a positive spin on this conversation, if you will, I think Matt, you're like me. We're just positive people. Like I try to surround myself with positive people every day in life. I try to be positive, you know, bad things happen. Negative things happen. Of course, right. We all have lives and, um, things that happen in our lives, but I generally do live my life in a positive way. And I try to be like that. The thing that I always try and go back to is like most of the time people are tweeting at me, whether it's good or bad is about sports. And for Mm -hmm. us, we're fortunate enough that sports are what we get to do for a living to support our families and to live the lives that we want to live. And for so many people, it's a distraction. It's a hobby. It's what they use to get away from all of the other stuff. So at the end of the day, I always try and remember that like for so many people, this is their distraction. Just try and be positive. Try and be uplifting, try and be nice because you don't know what that other person is going through. You don't know what that other person is dealing with. Maybe they're just using this place as a platform to try and get away from all of the other stuff that's going on in their lives. So I, I tend to agree with you. I sometimes have to force myself into positivity a little bit more than maybe I inherently am. But I think that that's a good thing too, because it is always better to be way more positive than to just be like, you know, Eeyore and just be like the (laughs) Debbie Downer of the group. Agreed. All right. So thanks for that, Mark. And let's wrap it up with this one. We actually have touched on this in the past, but might as well just bring it up from Cossum627. What are your favorite away team cities to travel to for food and which are the worst? Ooh. It's funny, bec- it's funny because on my drive to the station today, I saw that tweet and I started to think about it because I di- we didn't even discuss that we were going to talk about these specific questions. Right. But we both knew that we're like, ooh, a food question came in. I guess we're going to have to make sure that we talk about that one. So I was doing some brainstorming. I know we've talked about this in the past. I do really love Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some awesome restaurants to go to in Nashville. And the Bills have been there a lot these last couple of years. Some of the places that stand out there's this unbelievable breakfast brunch place called Biscuit Love. And there's a couple different locations of them just out of this world. And then for hot chicken, I know there's a couple different ones that people go to, but the two most popular are Hattie B's and Prince's and they're just dynamite. So good. That's one of my favorite meals that I've ever had on the road. And it was at like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, standing in a line outside waiting to just get this really spicy hot chicken on a piece of white wonder bread with a pickle on the top. And I was just like, man, this is living. (laughs) I love it. Um, So look, Kansas city barbecue. We've touched on that. Of course. Mm -hmm. I think we both love that a lot. And look, the big cities, New York, I'll go into Manhattan and go to a nice restaurant with a couple friends. And there's always some great restaurants in the North end of Boston, some great Italian restaurants you'll get Mm -hmm. there as well. How about Indianapolis? The combine. Yeah. It's a good steakhouses they have. Yeah. And he has some good food, man. Like going out there, right? So I, I think you can choose a lot of these. I don't know. Do you, do you have a worst necessarily? I'm not sure if there's a worst. You do. Okay, let's go. I, I, I do. And this is no disrespect to the great people of Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> there are things I'm sure to like about your city. But I remember I checked into my hotel and I went up to the woman working at the counter. And there was like six or seven people going out to dinner. And I just went up to her and I was like, hey... I want to go out to dinner tonight. What's like a good local restaurant you would suggest for seafood? And she looked at me like I had 10 heads. And she was like, uh, we ended up going to a chain restaurant that night just because we didn't know what else to do. I will say I had a really good brunch in Jacksonville. It was right by the water. It was a really cool spot. So that was like the one redeeming part of it. 
but the dinner was just so blah. And I know that like we're tourists, there's probably a hundred local spots that would have knocked my stocks off. But I did talk to a lot of other people like who had experienced things that were similar and was like, okay, that, that's probably my worst. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I understand that. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about this a little bit because I'll just, I'll eat whatever. Like I'm not a real, like, I, I shouldn't say this anymore. I used to not be as much into seafood. I do like seafood now. Like Seattle had, you know, good seafood when we were there Ooh. years ago. Right. That was really good, but I'm more of a seafood person now for sure. So we have a lot of different, you know, places to try like this year going out to LA. I don't remember. I guess we were in LA a few years ago. Like I'm sure there are good restaurants, but it's trendy, right? LA is more of a trendy place for, for dinners, not like a, a native type of food. Yeah. And that was one of the things too. So I'm going to shout out somebody I used to work with. Her name was Ashley Rowe. And she came with, she came with us to Houston for the playoff game back in 2019. And this is just a result of us being a tour, you know, tourists and like not knowing what to do. So the bills just lose this heartbreaking game. We're all running around trying to do our jobs. And there was like five people from channel seven at the game. And I remember I looked at Ashley and I was like, Hey, pick out a restaurant that we'll go to. We'll probably be able to leave here in like two and a half, three hours or something. And she picked out this restaurant that looked like it was the trendiest restaurant in the world. But I walked in and I got this plate, this like three inch plate with like this little piece of pasta on it. And I was like, what in the heck are we eating? Like we just went to this super trendy, fancy restaurant. And I was like, what is this? So after we <laughs> left, I stopped at Whataburger and I got food to go. And everybody was like, we just ate dinner. And I was like, yeah, no, that doesn't count for dinner. That was just oh a little gosh. pre that was just a little pre-dinner snack. But sometimes in the bigger cities it's harder because it's harder to get around yes. the bigger cities, yeah. depending on what your situation is. So I don't know if like Houston got a fair shake. I think a couple times like my Miami hasn't gotten a fair shake because I'm just like, Oh, I'll stay in Miami gardens and I won't go off to South beach and go to a really great restaurant down on the water just because it's convenient. So some places don't get a fair shake, but for sure, for me, the two that definitely stood out were Kansas city and Nashville. Chicago pizza is pretty good. When you go to Chicago, you can get a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chicago's good. good. And, um, I'm glad you did not pull a Michael Scott when we asked this question. You know what? You're an office fan. You know what I mean? Right? Oh, of course. My favorite New York pizza spot. Sabaro. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. All right, man. Well, great, uh, great talking with you again, Matt. And, um, you know, we'll do it again, obviously. And everybody can listen as they download and subscribe Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, Odyssey app. I mean, I'm not missing anything, right? Because there's a lot of different ways that people can go about this. And Matt, I know I speak for you when I say we want to thank everybody, all our new listeners and listeners that came aboard. Um, you know, we see some of the download numbers coming in and, and we're really, really thankful for them. Yeah, I actually, so Sal, I did a meat raffle a couple of weeks ago. I was emceeing it for yes, a friend. Yes, love and it. The, and the, it was for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Okay. And they introduced me as the co-host of the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast and not like Channel 7 Sports Director. <laughs> so like, I almost like had a double take. I was like, okay, like I, I appreciate the plug. I wasn't expecting that. Like I'm not used to hearing that yet. So it seems like people are enjoying it. So hopefully they continue to enjoy it. And you know what too, like, I'm really excited to continue to get closer to like when we can see the team back on the field again, because yeah. then we'll just have like this laundry list of things. Like we'll, we'll do one of these episodes and we'll have another hour and a half where we could have talked about other stuff. So I'm looking forward to that part, even more of it. And no doubt about that. And the next time we talk, we'll go over the Buffalo Bills linebackers. Still got to get to them and the secondary for Matt. I'm Sal. And we want to thank, of course, our producer and editor, Jim Stagliano, always doing a great job. Till next time on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.